Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is a podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. We are in the second week of Fagabhadfo, the fourth ever Germany Expat Podcasters Advent Donation Face-Off. The first, second, and third Advent Donation Face-Offs, I pitted myself against my rival podcaster, Sean, of the Germany Experience to see whose podcast could raise more money for charity. But this year, things are just feeling different in the world, and we decided to drop our rivalry and team up and see what we can do with our combined powers. So... This year, unlike years in the past, there aren't going to be updates every Sunday. There aren't going to be the weekly games and challenges that we used to do in the past. It's going to look a little different because, yeah, we got to figure out how to be friends now after so many years of rivalry. One thing that is a bit more serious and a bit more relevant is part of the changes this year have to do with bigger changes going on in my life that I am slowly getting ready to be able to share with you guys. I won't say more now, but I will say that as part of Fagapodfo, I will be announcing something pretty big. And I don't know, I mean, I might just like forget to tell you the juicy bits if there's not enough donations by then. So (laughs) that's the closest I can get to, I don't know, like a challenge or a silly incentive for you guys to donate. I don't know if that really works. Probably not. That was kind of a lame attempt on my part, but I had to try. In lieu of our otherwise typical Advent Sunday updates of Vegapodfo, I'll be just dropping you guys a line in the intro of the episodes that are being released throughout the Christmas season about how much we've donated and little teasers along the way. So this year we are raising funds for Krizenchat Ukrainian or Crisis Hotline Ukrainian. This is a service that connects Ukrainian children and youths under the age of 25 with free psychological advice and support. It's all offered over WhatsApp, so no matter where these people are in the world, they can call up this line and get connected with qualified help in their mother tongue. It's being offered in Ukrainian and in Russian. Of course, it's free for the users, but it's not a free service. So in order to enable it to keep going, there is a fundraising campaign, and that is what we are contributing to. Really, every euro, every dollar counts, and the website that we're using to raise the funds makes it very, very easy, no matter what your currency is, to give a donation. So head on over to thegermanyexperience.de slash charity2022, or click the link in the show notes to find out more and to get directly linked to the site where you can donate. All right, this week's episode is all about intercultural relationships and how you can build the healthiest and happiest one possible. My guest is Zuzana, who is from the Czech Republic and has lived a long list of different places, but is currently living in Zambia, where she has been for several years now. She's in an intercultural relationship herself with a Zambian man. She has a beautiful child. And her experience in this relationship and past relationships and through friends she's met along the way inspired her to become an intercultural relationship coach. So she's got lots of good tips for us this week. I know a lot of my listeners are love expats, so people who have moved abroad for a relationship. So this one's for you guys. It's also scattered with some insights from my own experience over the years with various intercultural dating and relationship experiences. And I I really hope it's a helpful one. I think it's really an important topic to my heart as a love expat myself. And yeah, I hope it has something to offer you. Enjoy. (music) 
My name is uh, Zuzana Mukumai Filipova and I come from the Czech Republic, but I have been living in Zambia for the past eight years and in total almost 13 years in Africa. Before we dive into the rest, I, I did want to hear all of your, first off, your expat story um, and also your history. We're going to get into intercultural relationships and you've got some experience with them yourself. So why don't you tell us how how your first move happened? Well, I was always kind of the black sheep in the family. I was always interested in traveling and I was not content staying in Czech Republic. So I started my dream university and that's when the big flip of my life happened. After uh, three months at my dream university, I was like, oh, oh no, I'm not doing this and I quit. And I started working in a vegetarian restaurant and I really wanted to travel. And I convinced my father who worked in a freight company to organize me a truck driver to give me a lift to Sweden. So that was my <laughs> first free uh, trip ever. <laughs> That's a very specific request. <laughs> and it's funny. So he, he really agreed. He organized me this uh, huge truck. I jumped on it in Czech Republic and... I think one and a half day later, I was dropped off at the petrol station in Sweden. I had to start speaking English. It was first time ever I had to speak in English outside of the school. So my English was at the time, it was pretty terrible. And uh, that was my first uh, experience with uh, being in a different country alone. I spent six weeks in Sweden and Norway. I managed to sneak in into the, one of the biggest reggae festivals in uh, Europe. That's where I got <laughs> to, to know uh, first people from Africa. So maybe that's where my African story started. I, I hang out with Tanzanians, Nigerians and um, it was a really amazing experience. I did lots of couch surfing. I was hitchhiking. I was 21. And now when I think of all the things I have done, I am like, I would never do that again because I would <laughs> But it was amazing experience. And then when I started my new university, I moved for Erasmus uh, to Sweden uh, for one year. And that's when uh, my African story continued. Uh, I met my now ex-boyfriend. He was Italian. He was a friend of my Tanzanian neighbor. And because of him, I ended up in Africa. I spent two years living in Uganda. I, I started working in an NGO uh, very near South Sudan. And it was amazing experience. It was really, really tough. And it was very difficult for me because it was first time ever in Africa. After two years, I felt I needed to change um, jobs and I ended up in Zambia and I never managed to leave, as you will see. Did you fall in love with the country, would you say? Yes. Zambia was so different than Uganda. And it's funny how we always compare with where we are coming from. So uh, I was not uh, comparing Zambia to Europe or Czech Republic, but to Uganda. And uh, Zambia, it felt that people were so uh, much more friendly and it was easy to talk to everybody because people spoke uh, better English. So you could speak with a taxi driver, with a lady in the market, with a person in the bank. And we always made uh, jokes uh, with my friend who is also married here that uh, Zambian men are really, really handsome. Uh, so that, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> was another contributing factor. But it was just so much fun. I really enjoyed the job. I, I lived in a refugee settlement for one and a half years. 
I had lots of Zambian friends. I was suddenly outside of the expat community because in Uganda I was part of the expat community and it uh, it's quite different than when you are part of the real life in the country. So I think that was one of the main reasons why I fell in love with Zambia and in Zambia. <laughs> Yes, uh, and my moves, it didn't end up uh, just in Zambia because I said I fell in love with the country, but I moved to Tanzania. But I kept coming every three months because I really missed the country. And I met my, my now husband. So I ended up in Mongolia for six months before finally uh, settling in Zambia five years ago. Let's let's go back and talk a little bit about your relationships because you were an NGO worker back when you first initially moved down to Uganda. And now you're an intercultural relationship coach. And I know a little bit from talking to you, from watching your YouTube, reading your website, that part of that career shift was inspired by personal experience. So what can you tell us about your experience with intercultural relationships? It started with my own disaster experience because I felt I was completely unprepared for having a great relationship, doing everything on a trial and error basis. My first relationship with the, the Italian man from the Erasmus, um, it was the dream relationship for everybody. We thought it will be forever. Um, we actually even got married and divorced. And... I, I was just not uh, thinking about how I am showing up in the relationship, uh, what I am doing. And it was really more drawn by the ego. Obviously, the relationship uh, didn't work out and we broke up. We, we divorced after seven years being together. And then I started uh, the new relationship quite uh, quickly with my husband now, who was very different than my previous ex-partner. I continue doing the things same way as I didn't learn anything, right? That was the crazy thing. My husband, he was like, why are you behaving in this way? Like, And we had like some really crazy arguments in the beginning of the relationship. Like, you know, those when you spend arguing on the phone whole night, then you spend whole night crying. And I was like, this is not working. And this was the beginning of the journey. I start to really think about myself as a person. When I start to think about my partner as a person, when I started thinking about men if, as kind of different species and about relationships. And slowly, slowly, I start to really uh, dig deeper to discover what really works in the relationship. And that's uh, how I eventually became a relationship coach because I believe that why should uh, other women do the same mistake as somebody else did? I wish that many more women, especially the older ones who are in long uh, relationship, were sharing like how to make the relationship work because we, unfortunately, we are not born with it and we have to learn it. And often we learn it through the downfalls, which is very painful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something I can also a little bit speak to from doing this podcast for so many years. And then also myself having had a couple of big intercultural relationships. It's such a situation that I don't know if you look at your family's relationships or the relationships of your friends, the people that you know from your childhood, it might not be that helpful because those might not be intercultural relationships. And it's hard to find who to turn to in those moments when you're struggling when the advice you might be able to find from people you know, or even from more popular figures in books and, and podcasts, etc, might not be speaking 
to that experience. And then when you do find people to speak to about these experiences, you find out they do have really similar problems to what you were having. And so it's not that you're completely alone in the world. It's just that you're, it's hard to find where to turn to when you're having these, these problems. So let's start getting into some ideas, some, some tips for people in such situations. So I think a lot of intercultural relationships often start through meeting somewhere. And for a lot of people, not all, but a lot of times at some point in this relationship, in this dating experience, there's long distance. And it's not just long distance in the sense of this person lives an hour or two hours away, but like I have to get on an airplane and fly to them and I only see them every couple months. Extreme long distance. At some point, if there is long distance, there's the close the gap moment, you know, where they decide where they want to live and decide to prioritize the relationship high enough that one person or maybe even both are going to change their job, change their surroundings and move somewhere else to make this really to give this relationship the chance to be in person. And then you get into, you know, the, the sort of quote unquote normal stuff of just living together, as you said, interacting with in-laws or family, um, the person who's moved or the people who have moved all of a sudden have to adjust to this whole new cultural experience, maybe a new language, new career path, etc. Um, so that's kind of the shape a lot of these relationships take. And with that example in mind, why should we think of ourselves first? when it comes to relationships. Yeah, so you summed it up amazingly. And it's so true, we often think first of the other person. And and I love this metaphor of a dream house. Imagine you have your dream house. Uh, it's um, overlooking a lake or a skyline, uh, if you wish. And it has all the decorations and all the paintings, all the beautiful big windows. And it's just like you dreamed about and you are in the house and suddenly uh, you realize the house is standing just next to a train station and there is freaking train passing every 10 minutes making so much noise <laughs> oh no <laughs> or it's next to this beautiful lake but every year it gets flooded and your house is ruined every year mm. or m- maybe you realize the land is not even yours this house is, of course, your relationship and you are the foundation. So you can't have your dream house, your dream relationship without having the land or uh, putting yourself in order, as I would say. Like if we are not strong, uh, we cannot like have the amazing relationship we always dreamt about. Of course, it's a work in progress. I know like it's not going to be perfect from the first day. Like it's, I think, life long journey but our intention should be always to work on ourselves so we can show up in our best way we also need to focus on what we can actually influence right Uh, we cannot uh, influence our uh, partner I mean we can influence him but maybe more subtle like it's so important to work on ourselves first because that's the only thing we can influence How do you distinguish between prioritizing your individual self first? But of course, when you're in a relationship, there's sort of the the we and the I is a part of the we. Sometimes when you're in a relationship, especially when you're in a situation, it can be difficult to untangle all of that, right? Because Mm -hmm. his priorities are also your priorities because you care about each other and because you're in this we together. So do you have any ideas for how someone can kind of untangle that and make sure they're, they're really just focusing on themselves and not getting lost in this sort of combined we space? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's a great question actually because it can feel like I was just promoting like we should be more individualistic and uh, just think more of ourselves. And this is really important uh, distinction actually because uh, if uh, our behavior, let's say, comes from our ego, it might not be good for us as a couple, right? I would try to see the bigger picture, right? Like if uh, if uh, we are a couple, maybe you have a family, what is the important thing? Like where do you see yourself in five, ten years or in the end of your life? And uh, that thing you are dealing with, be, uh, be it like some argument about dishes or being a decision about which kind of uh, new work uh, one of you should accept, I would ask the question like will it be really important in the long run many small things which are looking huge and important in the moment usually you realize they are not so important in the long run so why we should be ruining our relationship which is uh, one of the most important things in our life because of a thing we won't even remember maybe 10 years that's i i love this if you think of for example, how many arguments did you have with your partner in the five uh, years? How many uh, you will actually remember? Like uh, we, we have these crazy arguments, all of us. And then one year later, two years later, we don't even remember what was it about or we don't even remember we argued. So that that is one thing. And uh, then also bringing up positive emotions. And here I want to share a disclaimer uh, before I say it. By positive emotions, I don't mean just being happy, like smiling, super happy. But positive emotions are so much broader. It can be like being curious or uh, being confident or being determined to achieve your dream. Like all these kind of positive emotions. Like often when we say the positive emotion is just like being super happy, smiling when I'm divorcing, right? Like, no, this is like a fake happy. When we are in this tangled challenge and you try to think like, should I think of myself or should I think of the relationship? Uh, I would uh, try to listen to the emotions inside and if they are like positive or negative also often we experience negative emotion just out of habit we can automatically feel really upset of our partner doing something for let's say uh, coming uh, late home uh, but uh, when we process it we actually realize like we don't have so many reasons to feel all those negative emotions and also a second uh, disclaimer is of course like uh the boundaries we need to have like on like what is healthy and what is not uh, healthy. So I, I, I'm not going to go deeper into this because, for example, when um, abuse come in, then we have uh, not much to talk about, right? Like I'm talking about like the situations in a normal relationship when there is like no abuse or violence going on. If we think back to the sort of example couple that I, I laid out earlier, right? So there's at some point a moment where the couple is living somewhere together. And often that place is new for just one partner. Let's say there's a relationship with someone and she moves to his country to continue the relationship. So one thing I've heard often through friends, um, through interviews in the podcast is when someone moves abroad, they sort of start splitting up the tasks in a way that feels fair to them in the moment. So like, if I am moving to Germany from another country for my partner, and I don't speak German, and this is like so much change on my life, 
then I think it's fair to say, hey, he's going to handle all the paperwork um, and he's going to have to like go to my my visa appointment meetings and stuff like that because, you know, that's how he can help me carry the weight of this big move. But I've also learned through the podcast that sometimes that can be a really dangerous decision. Well, let's put it that way, because what can happen through that decision, which maybe feels really fair in the moment because it feels like a fair way to split the deeds, um, it can have the effect that the person who moved isn't actually capable of having those appointments on their own. So with that in mind, is it important to create your own life when you're living abroad and you've got a partner from another culture? As you said, like it's um, dividing the roles. I think it's really, really important and there will be thousands of different scenarios. Uh, but I think, as you said, it can be quite dangerous. And I have I have a um, number of clients who they are from Czech Republic and they live in Czech Republic. So they brought in their partners from abroad. And as, as you suggested, like it's kind of obvious that if the person doesn't speak English, then the, the partner from the country will... Uh, take over some of the tasks. So often what they mention is that uh, they took uh, the women, they took over all the agenda connected to cars, for example, like going to repair the car, managing the insurance, which is traditionally the male tasks. And in all the couples, actually, it created huge problems because then the men felt like we cannot do anything because we are dependent on the woman. And some of them actually kind of become comfortable in this kind of, I don't want to say laziness, but I guess I did. So this kind of comfort <laughs> and laziness of not learning the language and just like uh, making uh, their partner to do like all the tasks. And of course, it creates issues in the relationship. Even if it's the decision you make as a couple and you are moving to the country because of your partner, it's still your decision. And I think this is really important to acknowledge this because if we don't take the responsibility for making this decision and moving to another country, it will always end up us kind of expecting something from our partners and blaming them if something is not going exactly. So, of course, in a, in a great relationship, we support each other, we help each other out, but we should really take the responsibility that this is my decision. I am moving in this country and I need to do all my best like to survive in this country. Coming back to the roles, um, I don't know where this comes from, but often we have all these expectations of our partners. Like we want them to be our lover. We want them to be perfect uh, father to our children. We want them to be our friend, to be our buddy in a tennis, sharing our hobbies and like all these things when normally we have a whole community for all this. So there are some things we want to share with our partner, but we also also want to have other people for sharing our hobbies. We all need to have different people in our community to fulfill our different needs. And it's, it's not fair to expect this from our partner. So if you are moving to a new country, it's so important to create your own life because we all need community and we need to have different people. And also talking of uh, having a backup. Uh, because we, I know 
often we don't want to think about this when we are in the relationship, we are in love. We don't want to think of the possibility that something might not work out. And especially if we live abroad, like the risks are even higher because you have no Uh, family there you have uh, less support uh, structure and I remember one of my friends uh, she's from the US uh, she used to be married to a Zambian uh, man and she gave me advice I think it was like five years ago like always have at least two thousand dollars in your bank account whatever goes wrong you have some money you can fly back home even if it's unpleasant to think about it, it's good to have backup. And that's why we also need to create our own life in the country so we can have more support system if something goes wrong. One other thing I wanted to mention on this topic is I've also observed sometimes when a girlfriend was moving to a boyfriend's country, the boyfriend was nervous about sort of that dependency happening like that they would kind of be expected to do everything and they wanted a more equal um, distribution which I think in some extent was coming from a good place wanting things to not be like completely unbalanced like wanting more independence for the, the girlfriend that was moving to them but the result of that was that they didn't help almost at all with a lot of the additional challenges that come when couples are moving to each other. And I think that is also something that can be a little bit maybe extreme in the other direction. You know, if one extreme is you're relying entirely on the local partner to, like you were saying, organize the car, go to these appointments, take care of the communication for bills and things like that, that's also not good. But on the other hand, if there's no support and the partner who's moving is kind of just thrown to the wolves and said, hey, figure it out. You know, obviously it can be done. People move alone abroad all the time. But in terms of a healthy partnership, maybe that's also, I don't know, I would think it's also not the best solution, but I'd be curious to hear what you think about that possibility. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you, as I was saying, like we are there to support each other. And at that point, he is the most important person you have there. It's your point of reference. So I would... um, People are different, so sometimes it's good to talk about it before so you know what you are getting into and kind of to see his perspective and dig deeper because uh, also that's uh, it's funny how we understand things differently. So if, uh, if your boyfriend says, of course, I'm going to help you, then the wise thing to do is uh, to go deeper and ask how exactly you're going to help me. Uh, what does that mean? Which things you are going to help me, which not? Because uh, for him, I'm going to help you. It means uh, maybe he's going to pay the rent. But for you in your mind, it's about that he will uh, drive you around because you don't have a driving license yet. He will introduce you to his friends, uh, but maybe he has no plans like that. So like really to go deeper, like what, what does it mean? All right. For this next question, um, I, I'll i mention something from my personal life. The first year I'd moved to Germany, I had a one-year contract and it was running up and I had to get a new job. And in the past, in the US where I'm from, I was always really good at getting jobs. I was always one of the smartest kids in the class. And a lot of my self-confidence was based around achievements and in areas like that. And when I got to Germany and because of the language and all of these other factors, I wasn't getting a lot of job offers or at first any. I wasn't getting, you know, all of those achievement oriented boosts to my self-confidence. And I started to think like, wow, I'm really worthless in this country. Like I'm not, I can't do anything. And my self-confidence in some areas, not all areas, but in some areas really plummeted. So if someone's feeling like that, if someone's feeling a lack of self-confidence, 
of course, it doesn't just stay limited to, in my case, my professional identity, but rather it, it, it seeped into my entire sense of self-worth in this country. <laughs> and of course, that seeped into my relationship and other factors. So how can these topics of like confidence and self-esteem impact our relationships? And also what what can you do if you notice that you're coming into a situation like that? I, I relate to you. Uh, I had the same experience in Italy. I lived in Italy a couple of months and I could not speak in Italian. I just learned one sentence uh, saying, hello, I'm looking for a job and I got a job. But, and then I felt so inadequate because nobody was talking to me. But then I, I told myself, hey, like, look at all these Italian ladies. The only language they speak is Italian. You speak Czech, you speak English, and you are learning Italian. So realizing that uh, the fact that you moved to another country, that maybe you are learning a new language or a culture, it's already a sign that that you are strong and that you can make it because many people i think most of the people in the world they stay in the country they were born so all of us who move abroad who travel i think we all have this inner strength but often we don't see it uh, we we see it sometimes when we talk to people from our hometown when they're like oh how did you manage travel all over the world how did you move uh, to africa or in your case how did you manage to live in germany uh, that's when we see it. But when we are in that moment, when we are in that country and we feel like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Like, I am just the most useless person ever. Try to remember that you are actually strong and you are actually really intelligent and powerful for doing this. I just wanted to say we all have like our own luggage. Um, we are bringing things from our previous relationship, our previous countries, and it affects like our our relationship, our everything, as you said, like uh, your inability to get those achievement boosts, boosts, it really affected your relationship as well. So just like being aware like of all these perceptions and the beliefs we have, maybe they are not, maybe they are not even our thoughts. Maybe it's something we got from our childhood, from uh, studying and um, we keep living in this kind of pattern but then um, it's not true and we can just give them up and we will feel uh, so much better. How can your sort of maybe let's call it professional life play into having a healthier relationship? This is something we are also all of us dealing with when we move abroad because at certain point always we will have the issues with the careers or business. We may have left uh, our jobs behind. We may have quitted the jobs we loved to move uh, uh, with our partner. My general take is try to see everything rather than as a, as a problem or challenge, as a gift or opportunity, trying to see like, what is this thing we can learn, where it can move me. And we never know where the life goes. Uh, so just try to see it as, a, as an opportunity instead of a challenge. Everything is really connected. And if we are having... A terrible eight hours at our work, it's inevitable that it reflects on our relationship because instead of coming home uh, full of energy, we come tired, we come exhausted. Most of us, we will spend like the 
next two hours when we meet our partner after whole day complaining and uh, whining about how terrible our boss is. So that's why it's so important to really have balance in all the areas of life, like the employment or business, the health, because it really affects our uh, relationship. The last question I wanted to ask, through all of this, there's so many changes going on. There's, there's moves, there's language learning, there's cultural learning, there's career changes. And then on top of it all, there's just being close to your partner and really learning their flaws up close and personal and them learning your flaws up close and personal. So through all of that, (laughs) how can we remain calm? How can we remain positive? And how can we remain happy? It's all connected and it goes back to like working on ourselves. Because when we are calm, it impacts everything in a good way. So the number one thing is to stop listening to all these fears and all the the thoughts which are creating negative emotions. Like we can call it the inner critic or whatever. Like we judge ourselves. We tell ourselves we are not good enough. We are not smart enough. We are not beautiful enough. We judge other people. We judge our partner that he's too messy. He's not making enough money. And we also judge our situation. Like we said, oh, if I didn't live in this country, I would be much more successful Or if I lived on the other side of the world, maybe I would have more opportunities for a business. So we constantly judge everything around us and it's it's really normal. But the good thing is that we can unlearn this. We can unlearn this judgment because it's not helpful for us. It just creates negative emotions. So once we, uh, we uh, learn how to stop listening to all this judgment and uh, replace it with like more positive thinking, like being curious, uh, seeing the bigger picture or feeling uh, empathy for the other person, it all becomes easier. With those lovely words, we will round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round where I'm going to ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What is the last book that you read and loved? It's in Czech and it's a series of fantasy books. It's about space and civilizations and it's in Czech, so I can't say it in English. (laughs) Well, you can give us the Czech title. Maybe someone listening also can speak Czech and and we'll be happy for a little recommendation. (laughs) It's called uh, Mycelium. I think maybe in English it's actually the same uh, word, like the mushroom thing, mycelium. And it's written by Vilma Kadlečkova. Awesome. What is the best thing, in your opinion, about Christmas, where you're from? So in the Czech Republic? Yes. Well, I wanted to say what is the best thing about Christmas in Zambia. Because we don't have winter, we don't have snow, and I can buy my favorite drink, which is something like Bailey's. It's called Amarula. It's it's amazing drinks, and it's always uh, nice for me for like to make the Christmas mood. And finally, what is one thing that you hope to do before the end of the year? I actually uh, hope to create a coaching group uh, for women who want to go through uh, December without feeling depressed and desperate uh, during <laughs> that. that uh, Because it's so high pressure. We are supposed yeah. to be perfect, uh, 
gifts, cleaning, baking, and especially when we are far from our countries, it can be a bit depressing. So I am hoping, um, I didn't post it anywhere yet. It's just in my head. I'm hoping to create like small intimate group of women who can support each other to have a wonderful habits throughout the December and Christmas period. I love that. And Susanna, what a perfect transition, because the next thing I wanted to ask of you is to mention where people can find you. So maybe between us recording this episode and it getting released, maybe that idea has taken feet and and started to grow. So where can people check if there is such a group that they could join? <laughs> so I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, you will find me there under my name, Zuzana Mukumai, or uh, YouTube uh, channel, Zuzana Mukumai as well. I'm sure you will find it in the show notes. So you will find out if the program is happening. Now, I think when I mention it, it needs to happen. Um, <laughs> so that's a great motivation. So thank you for that. <laughs> and generally, um, just mention really quickly, aside from that group, um, what do you offer and what do you do in your work with intercultural relationships? I offer individual coaching like for women who are in intercultural uh, relationship and live abroad where we really deep dive in the prog- uh, problems uh, you are having at, at this point. And I also run uh, group programs which are focusing a lot on learning how to create the positive emotions. What, what we have been talking about, how to see the challenges, the um, as we say in Czech, the sticks uh, our, the life is throwing in front of our feet, how to turn this into the gift and opportunity. So I, I have this amazing six-week program which will really give you the foundation, how to stop listening to all this judgment and how to live in more calm, focused and positive way. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. It was really, really nice and helpful to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much, Nicole, for having me. It's, it's been fun. Thank you one more time to Susanna for coming onto the show. You know what you mentioned at the end, this idea of f- forming a group for people to get through December. She went ahead and did it. So go ahead and check out her website. I've linked to it in the show notes and join her December group. I've also linked to Susanna's YouTube and Instagram. You can go ahead and make sure you're following me on Instagram at the Podcast and visit me online at thexpodcast.com. Most importantly, please make sure you click on the link to Fagapodfo the charity challenge this year where Sean of the Germany Experience and I are raising money for a crisis hotline for Ukrainian youth. Every donation counts and it means the world to us that you guys can help pitch in for this really good cause. Thank you as always to Amy Lundy Art for the logo and Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feeds with an episode about expat friendship. How to make them, how to find them, how to keep them. <laughs> Till then, have a wonderful week. This done. Tschüss.